Welcome in to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, the Toronto Maple Leaf Hour Edition. I'm Nick Kiprios. I've got Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, Jen Rolnick. We are on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, as always, Sportsnet Plus, and wherever you download your pod. And remember to give us a text at 590-590. Give us your thoughts and your ideas, and we'll get them on air. All dressed up and somewhere to go. You look, oh, you look flat out handsome. That is wow. a beautiful suit. Well, uh, I've got my, we've got our regular season Leaf Edition tonight on Sportsnet uh, Ontario. Sportsnet Ontario, regional coverage tonight of the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Boston Bruins. And me, you, David Amber, Elliot Friedman. Oh, uh, we're getting the band together. You know, it's only I'm a matter of time before this guy with this haircut oh, is, is in there, too. Oh, boy. Did Look you, at you, that. Did Look you at that. the mullies gone, did folks. You, did you get guilted into a haircut a little no. bit? No. So, first of all, Kipper, I'm going to say that is a spectacular suit. And <laughs> it is it's high clear, end. It's clearly the first day of school vibes that he couldn't wear, wait to wear that suit. Like, that was <laughs> so a, nice. Oh, yeah. I knew I, that. I look like pumpkin soup right now, <laughs> no. don't I? And then... With the hair, like a tiger. Regarding this, the hair, I just one needed a haircut, and I just didn't feel like having them all anymore. And I cut all it. Right. That's well, it. Listen, okay. There's nothing. It's really there's nothing, not that complicated. There's really nothing to it. Just was done go with ahead. it. Had okay. it for a long time. It's, it's good to know that you you did that on purpose because I was about to tell you whoever did that to you, we're going to get the guy. Okay. <laughs> Nobody does that to our Sammy and that's, gets away hey, with we'll it. We'll find him. That's my that's my girl Anna. Shout out. Good work, Anna. Yeah. Crushes it always. Ten percent off next time, Sammy. Yeah. All right, Toronto Maple Leafs. Taking what exactly on the road off of their loss to Los Angeles uh, earlier this week? We're not sure, mm-hmm. but there has to be a sense that anytime these two teams get together, uh, we should be in for a good one. And I got to think, again, with, with the, the cast of characters of Marner, Matthews, Morgan Riley, Willie, Tavares, uh, they're going to bring a much better effort tonight in Boston than yeah. what we saw. They do tend to respond in these sort of situations, and we'd even theorize that part of the reason they were so god-awful on Tuesday could have been just looking forward to this game. This is a true measuring stick game. These Bruins guys, going into this year, did we not think they would be considerably worse? Well, yes. Sammy was hoping. I mean, praying yeah. and hoping. They lost so many good players. Yeah, you and, know, there was definitely a bit of it that was projection. From my part, hoping that they were going to stink, that finally this is, I mean, not stink, but not be. These guys are good. Scary good. Not be one of the only undefeated, uh, I guess, undefeated in regulation teams through nine, ten games. I wasn't expecting that. Bruins joined Golden Knights as the only team without a regulation loss. They've opened a season with a nine-game point streak for the first time in franchise history, and this is their 100th season. So, Quite the version of the Boston Bruins are getting tonight. And they're coming off of a historic regular season last year. And yeah, it it is, I don't know, shocking that uh, they're off to that good of a start this year, especially with the the, the major losses in the middle, led by future Hall of Famer Bergeron. But does this not just speak of... Good coach, uh, good structure, disciplined players. 
Well, how have they held on to that culture that I think we most associated with Bergeron, right? He was the respected, hardworking, two-way kind of guy. Brad Marchand is that as well. He's wearing the C now. He's been able to continue that culture for them, I guess. Pasternak taking up the mantle a bit. Well, McAvoy. Pasternak being the all-world class superstar. Uh, Brad Marchand, we know, is a very good hockey player. I, I, I don't know. Do you... Semantics with is he a star? Is he a superstar? Is he's been you a know, superstar? I don't know if he star. still he's is. A star. He's a star. Yeah, yeah we, there, we there's once, no question. He's a star. Hart Trophy votes but, last but, but he's not, two years ago. But he's not. You know your 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 typical like uh, dynamic superstar. Can I say that? With Jesus, yeah. I'd rather yeah. watch Tim Stutzler with the puck. But I, I tell you, I'd rather have Brad Marchand than a lot of people. So Did we not do like a star or superstar thing a year or two ago on like this show. Fourteen of them. Well, we have out. to revisit that yeah. one again. Yeah, that's, but put that one in the hopper. Outside of that, you're looking at some some plumbers on this team. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you go down the lineup and it's John Beecher and Patrick Brown and Oscar Steen on the fourth line. Morgan Geeky and Trent Frederick. You know, a couple of guys there. That, Coils of big bodies. They got some workers, you know. And who else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're listening to that and not watching, you don't even know that's not Kipper. No, no, uh, that's uh, Derek Brandale. Uh, in about 25 minutes, we're going to welcome in Andy Brickley, former NHLer. He's done a great job over the years as a Boston Bruin color analyst for uh, for Nesson, along yep. with uh, everyone's favorite guy, uh, Jack Edwards. Jack who, Edwards, love him or not. Uh, Here in Toronto, I can tell you what the answer is. <laughs> not, <laughs> not, not. A lot of not. I gotta. I, I, I swung the the my pendulum pendulum on those type of guys that they're, of course, they're homers, and of course, the, but that's Funny, their job. He's iconic, but that's is, their job, right? Yeah. Yes. So it's okay for everyone else to who's not a Boston Bruin fan to hate him or hate the Bruins. It's like, it's actually good for for the game. Like, Joe Bowen is Holy cheering for the Maple Leafs. Yeah, yes. you know, like let this be. By yeah. the way, that was right on cue. Like, yeah. that's just the way it goes. So we'll have Andy uh, uh, soon enough to help tee us up the big game tonight. Uh, as far as uh, this bit of a trademark of being a, a bounce back team, the Leafs have had that because there's been snippets or windows. We saw it early last year, where uh, a lot of people are questioning the Leafs. In, in many facets, whether it's the blue line up front, lines, goaltending, but they've always found a way to kind of come back and put some big numbers up, and, and then everything's all fine. Yeah, and you know what? The Leafs have typically played well against better teams. Like, they blow it against bad teams, and then they, they come up against a good opponent. I'm just randomly digging for a stat. The Leafs' winning percentage, like the – total winning percentage of teams they've beat this year is very good. Like, it's, like, one of the best in the league. Like, they play well against good teams, so I'm expecting pretty, a better performance. Pretty, pretty, okay. Pretty, uh, let's go to our first. Pretty good. Who is that? Larry David. Larry David. Oh, yeah. that guy's hilarious. <laughs> He's very funny. Let's He's go funny. to Sheldon Keefe on our first Kippers Clipper on the bounce back of the Leafs. Yeah, I really like that. I, I really like that about our group. I think that has been a bit of a... A trademark of our team, quite frankly, is we have responded very well uh, when we're when our backs are against the wall. We've played well against this team in this building, but doesn't make it any easier to get a positive result. But uh, like I said, I I'm confident in our in our group's ability to respond, and I think that the opponent tonight will bring out the best in us. Like that, 
Yeah. It, and you have to expect it. has it. to be a, an emotional element to their game tonight. Yeah. I think so. You know, the the Bruins are in an interesting spot tonight. You know, they, they're down D in a major way, right? Charlie McAvoy suspended five games after that. Four. Bru- four games, sorry, yeah. Okay. She should have been five in my head. Should have been um, six, maybe. Bad hit, and they're without Matt Grizzlick, and they're also without Derek Forbort. So tonight they have Mason Loray, Parker Wotherspoon, and Ian Mitchell among their six defenders, which kind of gives them a bit of a different look, and the Leafs should be able to, yeah. in theory, exploit that. Lucic out long-term with uh, an ankle injury. I think people may have had that penciled in. Reeves, Lucic, still. Yes. For That's sure. a little disappointing. I think I've heard them both talk about never fighting each other. I, you know, I've done these old events with uh, Clark Gillies and Dave Simanko years ago, talk about how they just, it never happened. You know, the, they just like... But they didn't publicly come out and say, we're not fighting each other. Right. It's just like the, they didn't, it didn't line up. And it just feels that way with Reeves and Lucic, that the, the timing is just not there for these two heavies. Okay, let's get uh, Keith's thoughts on, on the Boston Bruins uh, before we dive in deeper on uh, Samsonov uh, getting the nod tonight. You know, they've got a great foundation, first of all. Like, their defense has stayed intact, and I know they, you know, they got some changes here, you know, for tonight's game. Uh, but through, through the season, their defense has been intact that they had last season. Their goaltending has been the best in the league. Um, and they've got elite forwards that have, have really done a good job for them. And then they've got a really good team team structure and culture. And, you know, they've been a very good team for, you know, over a decade here now. And, and uh, there's some common denominators there that have have stuck with them throughout that time that uh, sort of set a high standard, and, and they've maintained that. And it is, you mentioned it before, uh, it, it is a high standard. Yeah. And it just seems that, some people can come in and out, but if you grab the culture and, and what's important to them, like, just just watch them. It, and it won't really matter who's in the lineup. They find a way to get them to to make good, simple, safe they're decisions. They're on the right side of the puck. They're, they're completely on the right side of the puck. And that's where sometimes the Leafs could have an offensive zone face-off in the next five or seven seconds. It's, a, it's an odd man rush down their other end. Yeah. I don't see that out of the Boston Bruins on many nights. No, not as common. Happening nearly as often as it does for the blue and white. If you want to know the difference in these two teams, both teams average 3.22 goals per game. Goals allowed against per game, the the Leafs are 3.11, and the Bruins are 1.56. Yeah, that's a big difference. Big difference. The Bruins don't get scored on, so that helps. Best goaltending in the NHL by miles. Their penalty kills at 97%. Like, putting the puck into the Boston net is a challenge. So what you were telling me is you just, whoever you put on that stupid black and yellow sweater, they just, turn, they just turn into... It's like Frosty's magic hat. <laughs> yeah. it's just like you put on that sweater and you become yeah. Bobby Orr. Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> uh, Swayman and Allmark back again together. And losing to the Florida Panthers, you could... You listen to everybody going, see, see, it doesn't matter in the regular season. They've never done it before, but like, they're good goalies. Yes. And that uh, this start just proves that. Yeah. Yeah, won the Jennings last year. Best uh, team save percentage again this year. Like at some point you go, not a fluke. They just have really good goaltenders. And uh, that is to me, you know, talk about the goals against, that is where the big disadvantage for the Leafs is, uh, you know. Can they get goaltending commensurate with what 
Boston has. Can, can I ask you guys a question? It's more towards the Leafs side of things. Always. Um, you know, the, the tweet comes out every morning with the, the lines at practice. And I wouldn't say I was surprised, but I was somewhat disappointed to just see the exact same thing. Are you surprised to see the exact same lineup? Buddy, you hate when he tinkers. No, I don't hate when he tinkers before the game. I hate the in-game stuff, the panicking in the game. Yeah. Like just to send out, to start the game with the exact same stuff to me, it just feels like it's a clear chance to, to try something redundant. different. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, I, I think as much as you hated the game against L.A., I think there's a, there's, there has to be a, a little bit of a sense of going into Boston calm and not as if your hair's on fire. And yeah. I think if you would have really gotten out the bingo bango balls, Sammy, mm. there would have been a sense that he's going into this game desperate or or panicky, like I said. So I, I, I don't mind I don't mind these lines coming back okay. for, for tonight. Yeah, you know, he mentioned the continuity that, that Boston has had. I think there's some merit in trying to give these guys some run of their own. It is you know, I have one kind of tangent I want to go off with you, Kipper, about this. And maybe I'll just do it now. You know, the the way the Leafs are constructed with the core four guys, then every year they tape on a couple of guys for a million bucks and say, go overachieve and then go get your money elsewhere. Yeah. It just feels like those guys have no ownership, no equity stake in the team at all. Like Bertuzzi's here to get his next deal. So well, yeah, I, well... Bertuzzi was not your seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, add-on to the line. This was it's not Zach Aston. He's not. But he's here playing he, for but, his next deal, but, which may not be here. Well, I, I mean, uh, let me just get this out of the way first. That that um, he he Bertuzzi isn't in like Hyman was, where it was just like we don't know what you are, and we'll see what, how it develops. And then uh, anyone that's been up there over the years. Has been always that that feel that uh, uh, we're, we're asking you to overachieve. Bertuzzi was the first one yeah. that came in yeah. with some real street cred at five point five. Right. And I get what you're saying on the one year deal, but I I think the one year deal wasn't based on we think you're going to run off and 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 go get your money somewhere else. It was based on. This is this is all we can do. We're so up against the cap, yeah, and we don't have what we need right now to make you happy on a long term deal. But come up, come in. We'll start with the one year deal, and the feeling was that he was going to resign here. Yeah, that okay. they were going to find a way, and he didn't want to move again. The thought was, I like, I want to come here and make Toronto my home. But okay, I, I got to earn it right now, and. Much like Hannafin and Calgary, all bets are off right now because no one's going to want to see him sign to a long-term deal when there's right. still question marks and it's still early in the season. So get him, get him out, acclimated uh, towards you know being in the city and being a top guy, and then we'll discuss a contract. So he is he is the guy that they okay they handpicked. Sure. To come in. So they handpicked him to come in, but he's still a part of the support subordinate class of Maple Leafs. Of he's not one of the four. He didn't play great last game, so he's benched. You know, he's one of the guys that is eligible to get 
you know, uh, public scrutiny from his coach to be benched, to be kicked down the lineup, which mm-hmm. he's already had been kicked down and benched now. And this has been how it's been here in Toronto for years. Feels it's like two separate teams. Two separate teams yeah. entirely. And you're either a part of it, and Domi's a guy who comes in, one-year contract. You know, Klingberg does not feel like a guy who is going to be here next year. It just feels to me like instead of the Maple Leafs, you know, signing guys to be a part of this mission so they can win a cup, it's taping guys to this group that you're trying to have win a cup. It feels like they're the Maple yeah. Leafs and everyone else is on the team for now. But the idea was that we're giving you yeah. Bertuzzi $5.5 million, which is a very healthy uh, salary. And if you play well, you, you, then you get in with the cool kids. You're in that group. Who's ever succeeded on getting into the cool kids? Well, that's a good question. Camp? <laughs> Camp and Yarncroc are the only guys no, to get long-term they're deals. they're not in. They're but, in by... Well, they're, well, they're the only guys sign me on next year. They're by default. They're at the party, but they're not at the cool part no. of the party. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, just, they're the work friend that got invited. <laughs> no, they're Academy Award seat fillers. <laughs> when the stars go they're to the in bathroom. They're music video, but not listed yeah. on you, the credit. You make sure the seats aren't empty. Yeah, so there's a couple, you know, try, you're right, but, Bertuzzi is a guy but, who Bertuzzi, could be in. If, if Bertuzzi had some early success right now, he'd be right in the mix with all the big boys. Like, Kerfoot might have been kind of in. He might have been as close as someone got to being one of the hey, cool you kids. Lost, you lost me when I heard... <laughs> <laughs> no, never. He was, kind, he had a, he he was, was here the, for years. He was the commissioner of the fantasy football league, that's guys. That's pretty cool. That's He's just a seat filler. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to play a well good, enough, uh, for sure. You know, a serviceable one. I'm not saying that he's not an it's, NHL. And I'm not felt. saying Yarn Croc's not an NHL player. Right. And he but scored a sweet goal you're for not, the in the playoffs. You're not, you're not winning four rounds in the playoffs with Yarn Croc beside... Mid. Matthews and Marner for two months. I know you're not. I know. And He's I just, not that type I look of player. At Tampa Bay, whose seat filler is Nick Paul, who has a seven-year contract, who's a part of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nick Nick, Nick Paul is a a best of seven player. Yeah. Yarncroc is not a best of a, seven player. He's a one to eighty-two player. Cannot play with him. Right. Cannot right. win with him. Cannot <laughs> coach with him. A nice do one it. to eighty-two player. Right. Not a best of seven. Well, then, guy. can you find a best of seven guy and give him a seven year contract? Bert, Bertuzzi is supposed to be that guy. And if it doesn't work out soon, he's not even going to be a leaf. Uh, what are we, nine games in, 10 games in? Yeah, or whatever the number yeah, is. How many games is that? Are five, three, in? nine. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> uh, deep breath give it here. Time. Yeah. Uh, Rich was great. Uh, we, could have that, uh, we could have that conversation if we're past. Thanksgiving, and you've seen squat out of him. Yeah. But eh, still early. I, I actually think he's coming around, and I like Bertuzzi, and just it always feels like to me there's two separate classes so, of players. So, so you, you, you think wanna, that they would sign him sorry? in this season? You think they would sign him long-term in this season? I, I believe that they, they'd find a way to get him re-signed if, if it clicked, hmm. when it clicks, and if, if that's the when way they're it, looking yeah. at it. You know? I wrote today... Uh, seven times, four and a half? I, I wrote today... Uh, my my article for the Toronto Star, you can find it on my uh, my X or Twitter account, uh, and it talks exactly what we're talking about uh, the chemistry yeah. and and where the fit is and why hasn't it fit really well. And you know, I, I mentioned uh, uh, I mentioned in the article about my opinion again, and you know how I feel about the center ice position, yeah, particularly this one in Toronto where. Uh, Matthews and Tavares are your two key guys, and 
I they, they that is the quarterback of the NFL position for me yeah. uh, in the NHL. You right? The center can't be a goal scorer at center. I know no, the you rules. Can, you, <laughs> you can, but you still have to have that that truth threat of of setting up your line mates. And right now, it's it's missing from Matthews, and that doesn't mean that. And you know how uh, I feel I'm about taking, that. I'm anyway. not taking Marner out of the equation. Yeah, but like there has to be somewhere a place where it totally makes sense for Bertuzzi's to to come back and still be that guy that they just got to work harder they got to they got to share more they got to they got to get emotionally attached to the fact that Bertuzzi has to be that guy he cannot be that the guy on the third or fourth line it won't work it won't help us no. win and actually we had the okay. talk with uh, Futes yesterday about putting guys in a position where the management staff doesn't want them. Like, they don't want Bertuzzi. I don't even think they want Bertuzzi on the second line. Like, you know, I think when Tree Living signs him, he sees a pretty clear spot for him, right? Yeah. So it's only a matter of time before he gets that crack again. And you said as much in your article. It's harder today with a salary cap, as you said. Sometimes you you rob Peter to pay Paul and you start... uh, You have to. You know, uh, taking... Every team does. Taking players, good players off lines to spread the wealth, but... You know, we grew up, I grew up watching these great lines, great chemistry lines, and you grew up, and uh, the, the first thought I thought of is is, uh, is is a guy like Brian Trotche and your fa- your, your father-in-law, yeah. Clark Gillies. I'm going to get and the puck, be like, in the blue paint, have Clark, a different Clark, role. Clark was, don't take this No, listen, I know what Clark was. Brian, Brian Trotche made Clark into this, superhero in the island clark certainly did his part he knew his role and played it the centerman has that ability and you can go down in history of all the players where the centerman just made their wingers a little better i mentioned crosby to chris kunitz chris kunitz yeah that's but that's matthews needs to do for bertuzzi to me you're making the case for marner is what you're doing what case the case that Matthews need to make Marner better, in this case here. Mar- Marner's listen. Marner's been awful to start the season. Okay, yeah. I mean he's not anywhere near at the level that he's been. But Marner's going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be fine. But Matthews at the center ice position has to find a way to make Bertuzzi come back and be the guy he's supposed to be. I mean, Bertuzzi is a 25-goal scorer consistently in the NHL. Should be. Someone, on, on this somewhere there about. should be 30. And you want to take the 60-goal score and distribute it to Bertuzzi? I, I, yeah, I do. I do. I think it'll make the team better. I think there's a case to be made that the three of them have to work as a group more and short support and yes. move the puck and relieve pressure with little passes. Yeah. And, and, and they have to really care. It has to be the top priority. And... I would hope that Matthews feels as big of a failure as Bertuzzi feels that he's not on that line right now. Yeah, and I'm guessing that's not the case. I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't he love playing with with uh, Yarncroc? Well, they... he said in the media, because what do you say? I don't like no, playing with that guy. No, but didn't he like, ask for him on his line at one point? <laughs> Which maybe spoke to what the Leafs had for wing <laughs> options last yeah, year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, totally the right decision, Samsonov, right? We're, we're good there? 100%. Okay, you want to hear from Keith on Samson? Yeah, let's hear what he had to say. Why not? All right. Clip three. 
I think Derek's going to get some. Yeah, I just think like he's Halloween candy. He's battling, and uh, you know, it's, it's like he didn't feel like he took a, a good step in Nashville uh, with the game that he played there, and he, he needs to play. You know, we we, we need to have both guys uh, thriving. Uh, Wall, of course, has played very well for us, but we, we also need to make sure that we're giving Sammy the opportunity to continue to grow his game. I would think that the team would be really sensitive tonight to Samsonov going in, and I, they would feel a lot better um, yeah. coming in with him now off of his Nashville game mm-hmm. than prior to that. But here's the but. You you really got to insulate him and protect him and give him the best chance to yeah. have a good game tonight. You know, I uh, I did the Flames game last night, watching them against Dallas, and at one point Markstrom gives up a goal to make it 2-2. It's a muffin on the ice through his legs, and you can see everyone on the Flames go, we just can't let that team shoot. And they all back off, you know, like almost like there's no trust. They back off. They they don't play aggressively, and it just made them worse. You know, when you don't trust your goaltender? There's no level of hockey where that isn't. The case. 100%. You just change the way you play hockey. Yeah, you're like, okay, we cannot let them shoot from anywhere. Yes. So oh, we man. all risks, you're, you're coming back. You can't play like that, right? Been on some teams where we're on the bench and we're like this with the gloves. <laughs> yeah. And we're like just diving to t- t- tell me when it's out. Shots. Tell yeah. me when it's out of our zone. Exactly. And it's no way to live. No. You can't live like that. And Samsonov deserves a good effort in front of him. I think this is going to be a tandem. At the very least, you say, let's just go with the two of them through Christmas. And then we'll see where we're at. We're not going to declare any starter. I, I think you... Love that idea. Yeah, like you can't panic right now and worry about Samsonov. And what, you just got to go play. And you're right. They do need a good performance in front of them. But put the onus on Samsonov to say, we trust you. You got to make us some saves. But we're going to trust you to be the guy here. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then uh, when we return, Andy Brickley, former NHLer who does a great job uh, covering the Boston Bruins, will get his thoughts on the red-hot start out of Beantown and the challenge the Leafs have tonight. More real kipper and born after the break. Everything Raptors before and after the games. The Raptor Show with Will Liu. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, our next guest, Andy Brickley, does a terrific job covering the Boston Bruins as the uh, color analyst for Nesson, former NHL, of course, and uh, getting ready for a big game tonight. Andy, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited about, uh, well, I'm always excited when the Bruins and Leafs get together, especially over this last stretch of years when it's been so competitive, but... uh, and always curious to see what uh, this high-end talent of the Leafs is going to bring tonight and some of the additions that they made to address some of what they perceived were their weaknesses and the challenge that faces the Bruins tonight with the somewhat limited roster. Well, I, I, hey, listen, uh, a lot of people up here thought it would be the Boston Bruins chasing the Leafs in, in the uh, Atlantic Understood. at, at, Understood, at yeah. any point uh, during the regular season with the loss of Bergeron and, uh, and Krejci. How is this possible? <laughs> Goaltending. Uh, we can start right there. I mean, those two guys have been absolutely phenomenal. Picked up right where they left off uh, from last year's regular season. Obviously, didn't carry forward into the postseason against Florida, but that's a subject for another day. 
Uh, but the goaltending has been outstanding. They had five returning defensemen from their top six a year ago, so that's been a positive. Uh, and their penalty killing has just been off the charts, and they've needed they've needed all three of those elements to be able to compete because the eyeball test will tell you that this is nothing like last year's team where they would have games where they would have a ton of puck possession, they would have tremendous offensive zone time, they would have a potent power play for stretches. That is not how they're winning. You know, if you take each game and see how they've been victorious, it's one line playing pretty good, and then the next night another line played pretty good when the other two or three weren't going and it was enough. Um, they're still a work in progress with the turnover, not just in numbers. I think you'll see six or seven guys tonight in the lineup that weren't here a year ago, but particularly down the middle. You mentioned Bergeron and Krejci. Noshik was a part of that, too, last year. He was a good fourth-line center. And so much of what the Bruins do as far as their connectivity, their five guys working together in conjunction in the hybrid defensive zone that they play, I mean, there's been creases, there's been holes, there's been cracks, and the goaltending has bailed them out. So uh, you thought coming into this year, fellas, that they were going to play a lot of close-scoring games. Uh, I didn't think they'd be high-scoring either. Uh, you still have a guy like Pasternak. You still have Marshawn. Zach is a good player. You know, they have some good players. on. You know, DeBrus can score goals. But when you're that, you know, when you have that much of a turnover down the middle, it's going to affect what you do in every facet of your game, how you defend, how you transition, you know, everything that's involved. You know, every defensive metric for the Bruins is like through the roof, save percentage, through the roof, goals against, you you know, PK, everything they do defensively is, is really sound, and those are things the coach sort of controls. How are things on the offensive side of the puck for this team? Uh, same output as the Leafs so far, obviously with a very different group of personnel than the Bruins had last season. Yeah, it's hard to be critical when you're 8-0-1 on your first night. Right. Um, <laughs> Is anything bad there? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you have to be realistic. And um, they've had a lot of one-and-dones, you know, they, they whether it's the low-high game shot from the point, you know, whether they get the screen. But there's very few second and third chances on a regular basis. You know, they really haven't established a five-man cycle game when they do. They've had stretches, like most teams. They have stretches during the course of a game. Well, they'll go six, seven, maybe even ten minutes where they have the total edge in play, and maybe that ten minutes actually decides the game because they score a big goal. You know, they win 3-1 or they win 3-2, you know, maybe a 4-1 or a 4-2 because of an open net goal, let's say. But, you know, there's been a bunch of six-on-five situations because they don't fill the net as much as they did a year ago. But the offense looks... Uh, sporadic at best. You know, Pasenak's a game breaker. You know, thank God for his goal scoring ability at timely, at timely uh, junctures in the hockey game to give the Bruins a little bit of separation in a game where the goals have been tough to come by. Uh, they're not as dominant in the face-up circle as they've been in the year, years in past, but they know that this was going to be a growing. Uh, process, you know, there was going to be some growth. You know, you got Johnny Beecher set on the fourth line. He may play wing tonight because of, you know, some of the shortages that they have going right now. They finally decided they needed to sign Denton Heine because of a couple of injuries to Loco and Lucic on their fourth line combination. Uh, but they're, they're down the middle with Matt Potras, uh, Patra. He's, he's been a real surprise. Great camp, hockey IQ, competes real hard. At times, he looks like a 19-year-old. He's going to be in some situations where it's going to be difficult for him to win a certain battle. 
but it doesn't get him down, and the coach knows he can roll him right back out there because it's a learning experience. So all that stuff is good when you start talking about October and November. Where this team will be a month from now, I don't know because they definitely need growth on that offensive aspect of the game. They can defend. They got goaltending, the penalty killing, all of those things that you mentioned, but they need more in terms of uh, the most important thing is the puck. You need to have it more. And I think they've played too much defense to this point in the season. Andy, the Leafs uh, experienced an underage who came into training camp and made some noise in uh, Fraser Minton. Um, But then reality kind of set, set in. You mentioned Patras. I'm just wondering now, uh, you you think this is a done deal? He ain't going anywhere or is, have you seen, have you seen enough in his game to suggest that this is a, a week-to-week situation? How, how are they going to protect this kid and still have the confidence to, to have him grow and develop? I don't know if he's going to play every game, uh, but they love his game, and, and he's filled a certain void in their lineup. He's played inside the top nine every game he's played. Uh, you know, the junior, going back to junior, going back to Guelph, it's off the table. You know, we're beyond that point now. Uh, but how much he plays from this point on, I don't know. But he has shown absolutely nothing in terms of any kind of reason to take him out of the lineup or to sit him other than load management. You know, you know, Leo Carlson, whatever argument you want to make on that side of that topic. But uh, this guy's been important. He's He's been impactful in every game that they've won in some form or fashion. Uh, and any challenge that's been thrown his way or any battle that he's lost, it has not deterred him from continuing to compete and play in the game as best he can the right way uh, in order to fit in with this group and, and be a difference maker. Rick, tell us about the Tyler Bertuzzi experience with the Boston Bruins. How was he there? <laughs> Here in Toronto, we're waiting for it to click still, but we know it went pretty well in the postseason in Boston. Well, I can tell you from you know personal experience of watching him play against the Boston Bruins when the Bruins played the Red Wings. It always seemed like the Red Wings gave the Bruins a hard time, and he was one of the reasons why, no matter what line he was playing on. And you know, he he stood out when the Bruins played the Red Wings. Certainly, to my to my eyes, you know, when I analyzed the game, uh, you know, they had other more skilled players. I thought the Red Wings did in their lineup, but. When he came to Boston, the first thing I learned was he was more of a playmaker than I gave him credit for in Detroit. You know, and it, I mean, he was always around the puck, and he made plays, and he was a hard guy to handle in and around the net. He always seemed to get his stick on the puck to make some kind of second chance possible. But his ability to think the game and be creative with the puck and some of the areas he put the puck in for possession plays when he played for the Bruins was impressive to me. Uh, and I didn't give him his just due when he arrived. And the expectation when the Bruins started to make some deals in the offseason was, all right, they're clearing room for this guy to be a Bruin. And it sure seemed like he wanted to be here. It seemed like his experience was a positive one. So I was pretty surprised when a deal did not get done. And then to have him end up in Toronto, you should, you know how the fan base here in Boston felt about that. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, uh the the blue line remains pretty much uh, the same as last year. Uh, tonight, no no Charlie uh, McAvoy. Uh, can, can the Leafs take advantage of this? Hundred percent, hundred percent. He was he was controlling the game. He was, you know, he was playing anywhere from twenty three to twenty eight minutes. He was playing in every situation. You know, killing penalties. You know, 
top of the umbrella on the power play, but he had the freedom to join the rush. His decision-making on when to join and his timing when he joined the rush, his ability to either skate the puck out of the defensive zone or make that first good pass, all that stuff was, was high level, especially the last two or three games. You know, he was on top of it. He was just a stud out there, and, and he wants the puck in the big moments. And, and you love players that have that mentality. So with him out of the lineup, that's, that really hurts everything that the Bruins try to do and the way they play. You add Matt Grizzlick to that because they were playing together. Uh, they were a nice tandem. Uh, it's hard for Matt Grizzlick to stay healthy in this league, play at his size, and, and to do the things that he tries to do. So he's going to be out for a little while. And Derek Forbert's not going to play either, and he's a big part of what the Bruins uh, roll out there on the PK. You know, he, he starts every penalty-killing situation with Brandon Carlo on the back end. Great shot blocker, gets pucks out when needed. Uh, tough kid, you know, he's strong on the puck, understands what his role is, likes his role, and, and executes his role. So yeah, and that's three big pieces out of, out of your lineup on the back end. So maybe a lot on the shoulders of a Hampus Lindholm tonight. You know, when, when the Bruins were missing key defensemen at the start of last year, when everybody thought the Bruins would have a hard time being maybe 500 by Thanksgiving, he was unbelievable last year. It hasn't gone that way to this point in the first nine or 10 games for Hampus. Uh, some games he's looked like that player. Other games, the puck just won't cooperate when he's looking to make a play or finish a play. He'll do a lot of good things. He'll handle big minutes. He'll defend well. Uh, but the production hasn't been there. So hoping for Bruins fans that he's able to deliver a good performance and be positively impactful tonight against Toronto. So up front, when you guys, like when a team like Boston loses Bergeron, Krejci, Hull, Felino, you know, the, all these talented guys and keeps winning, someone has to step in the void and play well. One of those guys, to my eye, appears to be Pavel Zaka. He's playing, I think, three minutes more per night than he did for the Bruins last year. He's on special teams. You know, this is a guy that was scoring 25 to 35 points a year, hit 60 last year. You know, what sort of clicked in his game that's made him an effective player for the Bees? Well, I think it was the bergeron Krejci effect last year. You know, you got to see those guys play, see him up close and personal, but more importantly, at a point in his career where, you know, he has started to figure things out. The game becomes a little bit easier. He sees a lot more. He understands all the moving parts. Uh, you know, you play with a team that moves the puck. You know, when you move the puck quick, you can play as fast as anybody in this league, regardless of how fast you, you yourself personally skate. He's very good at that. His vision's good. He makes a lot of right plays, possession plays, values the puck, won't give it up. I think early in the year, and I mean maybe the first two or three games, I think he felt the pressure of being that so-called number one center and being a full-time center and not playing wing with with Krejci and Pasenak. Uh Understanding what his role was, what was expected of him. Uh, he didn't want to be a weak leak defensively being the top center, and I think that impacted his finishing ability in the offensive end. Take a few more risks than he normally would take, but I think he's settled in. The last three or four games, he's been outstanding. Had the great OT winner against Florida the other night, but he's starting to produce, and he's starting to feel more and more comfortable. Like, I can handle this. I can handle this responsibility. I can handle this role. This is nothing that I can't thrive in and uh, – and I love everything about his game, his compete, his strength, his leverage, uh, you know, his technique, all those things. Uh, it's impressive to watch on a daily basis for a guy that I didn't know all that well other than his time in Jersey, you know, as a visiting player, a casual fan of, you know, watching the Devils play. 
but I get to see this kid every day, and, and he's an impressive hockey player. One more for me, Brick, and then we'll let you go and, and prepare for uh, tonight's matchup between the Leafs and the Bruins. And, you know, if someone asked me who, who's your favorite player to watch on um, any given night, uh, I, I'm saying Pasternak all day long. <laughs> when, when you lose Krejci and Bergeron and you're coming off a 62- or 61-goal season, that number's supposed to go down the following year, not up. Does this guy really get the credit league-wide on how good he is? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if he does. I know he's personality plus, which everybody enjoys. Uh, you know, when the critics want to get on him, they get on him for his turnover capacity. And that's because he gets more rope than any other player because of his individual talent and his ability to make something out of nothing and his creativeness. And, and when you have the puck and you're around the puck and you try things, you are going to turn the puck over. But I think he's cleaned it up in terms of the high-risk turnovers, but he still does turn the puck over. And, and maybe that hurts his reputation as being, you know, one of the great plays in this game or one of the plays that you want to watch on a nightly basis. But I'm with you. I mean, I want to watch this kid play every game that he's in a Bruins uniform, his ability to be a game breaker, his creativity. And you know that, you know, you have to really continuously add to your arsenal of how you score goals. If you're going to be that kind of goal scorer in this league, ask any of the big time goal scorers. They had a, they had to add. They always had to add. They had to adjust. They had to make changes in their game. They had to take something from another player and say, I can do that, and I can actually do it better, and it'll help me score goals. And, and you had to think. You had to really learn the game, and I think Pasta has welcomed all that. And, again, I know it's redundant, but I think it's the Bergeron effect. You know, Bergeron had all that aptitude and all those characteristics, and Pasta really took that to heart and said, I want to be like that. And, and I can use my own individual skill and play my game and still be my own person, but I want to learn from Bergeron to be as, as dominant a player in, in all three zones, but a particularly from the red line in, uh, because that is my strength. Andy, have a great call tonight. Uh, enjoy the game. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, my pleasure, folks. Thank you. Thanks, Brick. Andy Brickley does a terrific job uh, covering the Bruins for Nesson. Uh, for a second there, I thought he was talking. Okay, hold on for a second. Why, why are you giving me a dirty look when I'm asking him about Pasternak? Because. What? Because if, 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 you, you if, this, if this was real Kipper and Bourne based in Boston, he would be your whipping boy. That's if he Willie. Oh, he'd be your whipping boy. So it, it, it did sound a little bit like you were talking about <laughs> Willie Nylander yes, there. Man. Just a touch. Yeah. There's no question yeah. that you would be just. No, Willie's, <laughs> Willie's, a, <laughs> Willie's a poor version of Pasternak. The only thing that I would say, yeah. You're right. He is, because Pasta throws some hits. Oh, no. Yeah, he runs he's, into people. And he's got a mean streak. And he scores about 20 more goals per year and he'll, than last year. So he'll, he'll take your better teeth Better than out. William Nylander. Yeah. There's no, cl- is, no close to a conversation. He'll your teeth, though, with a stick. He'll do, he'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. This guy in the playoffs finishes checks, too. Yeah. Yeah, but, but he turns the puck over a lot. You wish Willie had that. He doesn't. But as far as the skill is concerned, Willie yeah. goes toe-to-toe with him. Yeah. Anyways, I just... We were just talking about. It. I was like, oh. I do not. I don't like them a lot. No, you hate the Bruins. You I just do. hate the Bruins. I do. I do. They've I do. embarrassed you. I, I can tell you, if you listen to Brick, there, you must feel a little better 
I don't. Yeah, you know, he's like, we got our issues, right? Like, uh, the know, scoring thing was interesting to me that he's like, they can really defend, but at the end of it, are they going to be able to score enough? One and done on one offense. And, yeah. This Poitra. Yeah, he down. knows the Bruins really well. Yeah. Listen to him talk about it. It's like, I feel like I know them better now after he, he really yeah. broke it down there. But, but yeah. crazy him talking about that kid Poitra that he might actually like sit out games. first line center. Yeah. But he, but he says he may not play every game for yeah. them. So they are clearly seeing some holes. Do we know who the Leafs are facing tonight in that? I think it's Swayman tonight. I think it's Swayman. Yeah. And they've been bad. rise up. Right? And that's going to put a lot of pressure on, on Samsonov to go toe-to-toe, save for save, not give up the bad goal. Yes. Uh, that's that's all you're looking for tonight. It is confirmed, yeah. Swayman, uh, through four starts this year, he is 4-0-0. Zero, zero. He has a 126 goals against average and a 957 save percentage. Stopped 111 of 116 shots so far this season. Interesting. <sighs> Listen to... Not bad. That's pretty good. Rick talk about Bertuzzi and... You know what, everybody pretty much solidifies what all Lee fans have expected from him. Well, uh, he's more gonna, than that. He'll, he'll start with Tavares and Nylander tonight. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It, it, would it have been a, a much bigger deal if it, if, if it was somebody else that sat in the third period like Bertuzzi did against L.A.? Like, he was really, I couldn't figure out what line he finished with because he wasn't on the ice. Wasn't he didn't on finish. The ice. Yeah. You know, he, like it, he, his second period ended with a bad penalty followed by a two and a half minute shift in the D zone where he just it's like, a kind of quiet benching. Yeah. Is it because he's new and everybody's kind of scared to, no, because I think you're allowed what? to bench guys. Yeah. Like it's the NHL. You can bench players when yeah. they play bad. I without know. It being no, like a 25 I, I'm, minute I'm conversation. Me Sammy. too. I, I wish we saw it more. I just, I just didn't think it was that, uh, Maybe it should have been a bigger story. No? Well, we are the people people that do that. (laughs) I know. I know. We just Maybe we should have made a bigger deal out of it than we did. No, I I think it's right that we didn't make a big deal of it. Hockey player professionally who makes five and a half million dollars, plays bad, sits on the bench. Yeah. You know, I I, I do think it's interesting that he talked about his playmaking. You know, I, I heard that from Morgan Riley when... He first came here yeah. that he was so impressed by his skill. Brick says he's so impressed by his playmaking his skill. In tight areas too, right? Yeah. And here it's a lot of like, ah, you can tip pucks. It's good. You know, <laughs> kind of waiting for the next layer of that. And even talking about didn't matter what line he was on Detroit, just made it tough to play. You noticed him. He I wonder was, if he felt like he didn't have the puck enough with Matthews or Marner. I mean. No, it's an interesting I, I, question. Just, why didn't we see any of that? They I, had three... Full games in the exhibition season. Yep. And then right up until this this past week, they were they were together. And not to have one exchange on a goal where all three of them are involved. Right. Seems crazy. I know. I'm trying to get us information here on Bertuzzi and puck possession time. But yeah, it doesn't seem like he's had the puck enough to decide if he's good with it, bad with it, or otherwise. So Yeah. Hoping for a big game from him going in there. A little bit of a revenge game. Ozone possession time per game for the Leafs. William Nylander's had it for 36 seconds per game in the Ozone. Matthews, 27. Marner, 23. Bertuzzi, 19 seconds per game in the Ozone. He's had the puck. And he would be fourth out of, like, there's nobody else. No, Tavares is fifth. Nice. They're all within a tight pack there, 18, 17, you know, per game basis. I I will say this, that uh, you got to help Bertuzzi get going if you're Sheldon and he needs playoff uh, power play uh, ice time. Okay. Well, what do you do there? Because if he's 
Tavares is the best guy in the league there. So uh, hey, listen, you may hate this, but there's there's some shifts. I don't even care if it's off a commercial break that you know Tavares doesn't start, or somebody else doesn't start. Yeah, Bertuzzi starts on big, the power play. Yeah, big picture. And listen, if you if you want Max to 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 feel some love too, he he needs to start a power play every once in a while. Like it doesn't have to be. The big boys for a minute and 50 seconds yeah. every time. Well, this gets it to what I was saying. It doesn't have to be, but it's awfully nice. Yeah. Like I'm, that, that, I, it doesn't help you grow why are you gonna make as your a team, team. Why are you going to make your chances to score worse? Yeah, you make a good point. But I do think that in because the Because it's going to run out like it has run out every spring. Yeah. In because, the interest huh? of getting everyone feeling involved and like they have equity in the program... Yeah. Maybe that's where you start. And I don't think you can start the game that way, Kip. But second period, third period, if you haven't seen it, say, okay, Willie, not there tonight. I, 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 or Mitch, no, no, it's not no, there tonight. No, 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 Start the game? Well, no, now you're not talking if it, no, it's not. It's not if it, it just, there has to be. I'm not saying all the time. I'm just saying on occasion, these guys got to feel like they can We sit start. here and Mitch Marner doesn't start the power play tonight against the Bruins in the first so, period because Bertuzzi needs to get some love. You're... Your program's running out of time here for 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 other players to feel like this is a, a true team effort here and not constantly three guys bailing you out. I agree. Okay. Great stuff. Hey, hey, we all right, the end that, of Real boys. Kipper and Bourne. <laughs> no, we still got another hour to go. Oh, okay, okay. We're going national, and uh, we got a guest in studio, guest Ken Reed's coming, host of Sportsnet Central. He's got a book coming out called Hometown Hockey Heroes. We're going to hear all about it in the next hour. Ken Reed and plenty more of Real Kipper and Bourne. Our thanks to Andy Brickley, giving us great coverage of the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And remember, JB and I on Sportsnet tonight, covering the game as well for Sportsnet Ontario. All right, these quick words, and we're right back with our National Hour.